0: chapter thirty five of blind love this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. dot org blind love by wilkie collins and water besant chapter thirty five my lady's mind entreat lady harry not to write to me she will be tempted to do so when she hears that there is good hope of mr mountjoy's recovery but even from that loving and generous heart i must not accept expressions of gratitude which would only embarrass me all that i have done as a nurse and all that i may yet hope to do is no more than an effort to make amends for my past life iris has my heart's truest wishes for her happiness until i can myself write to her without danger let this be enough in those terms dearest of women your friend has sent your message to me my love respects as well as admires you your wishes are commands to me at the same time i may find some relief from the fears of the future that oppress me if i can confide them to friendly ears, may i not harmlessly write to you if i only write of my own poor self try dear to remember those pleasant days when you were staying with us in our honeymoon time at paris you warned me one evening when we were alone to be on my guard against any circumstances which might excite my husband's jealousy since then the trouble that you foresaw has fallen on me mainly i am afraid through my own want of self-control it is so hard for a woman when she really loves a man to understand a state of mind which can make him doubt her i have discovered that jealousy varies let me tell you what i mean lord harry was silent and sullen ah how well i knew what that meant while the life of our poor hugh was in jeopardy when i read the good news which told me that he was no longer in danger i don't know whether there was any change worth remarking in myself but there was a change in my husband delightful to see his face showed such sweet sympathy when he looked at me he spoke so kindly and nicely of hugh that i could only express my pleasure by kissing him you will hardly believe me when i tell you that his hateful jealousy appeared again at that moment he looked surprised he looked suspicious he looked i declare as if he doubted whether i meant it with all my heart when i kissed him what incomprehensible creatures men are we read in novels of women who are able to manage their masters i wish i knew how to manage mine we have been getting into debt for some weeks past this sad state of things has been a burden on my mind day after day i have been expecting him to speak of our situation and have found him obstinately silent is his mind entirely occupied with other things or is he unwilling to speak of our anxieties because the subject humiliates him yesterday i could bear it no longer our debts are increasing i said have you thought of any way of paying them i had feared that my question might irritate him to my relief he seemed to be diverted by it the payment of debts he replied is a problem that i am too poor to solve perhaps i got near to it the other day i asked how well he said i found myself wishing i had some rich friends by the by how is your rich friend what have you heard lately of mr Montjoy? i have heard that he is steadily advancing towards recovery likely i dare say to return to france when he feels equal to it my husband remarked he is a good-natured creature if he finds himself in paris again i wonder whether he will pay us another visit he said this quite seriously on my side i was too much ast- astonished to utter a word my bewilderment seemed to amuse him in his own pleasant way he explained himself i ought to have told you my dear that i was in mr mountjoy's company the night before he returned to england we had said some disagreeable things to each other here in the cottage while you were away in your room my tongue got the better of my judgment in short i spoke rudely to our guests thinking over it afterwards i felt that i ought to make an apology he received my sincere excuses with an amiability of manner and a grace of language which raised him greatly in my estimation there you have lord harry's own words who would suppose that he had ever been jealous of the man whom he spoke of in this way i explain it to myself partly by the charm in hugh's look and manner which everybody feels partly by the readiness with which my husband's variable nature receives new impressions i hope you agree with me in any case pray let hugh see what i have written to you in this place and ask him what he thinks of it note by mrs vimpany i shall certainly not be foolish enough to show what she has written to mr mountjoy poor deluded iris miserable fatal marriage encouraged as you will easily understand by the delightful prospect of a reconciliation between them i was eager to take my first opportunity of speaking freely of hugh up to that time it had been a hard trial to keep to myself so much that was deeply interesting in my thoughts and hopes but my hours of disappointment were not at an end yet we were interrupted a letter was brought to us one of many already received insisting on immediate payment of a debt that had been too long unsettled the detestable subject of our poverty insisted on claiming attention when there was a messenger outside waiting for my poor harry's last french bank-note what is to be done i said when we were left by ourselves again my husband's composure was something wonderful he laughed and lit a cigar we have got to the crisis he said the question of money has driven us into a corner at last my darling have you ever heard of such a thing as a promissory note i was not quite so ignorant as he supposed me to be i said i had heard my father speak of promissory notes this seemed to fail in convincing him your father he remarked used to pay his notes when they fell due i betrayed my ignorance after all doesn't everybody do the same i asked he burst out laughing we will send the maid to get a bit of stamped paper he said i'll write the message for her this time those last words alluded to fanny's ignorance of the french language which made it necessary to provide her with written instructions when she was sent on an errand in our domestic affairs i was able to do this but in the present case i only handed a message to her when she returned with a slip of stamped paper harry called to me to come to the writing-table now my sweet he said see how easily money is to be got with a scratch of the pen i looked over his shoulder in less than a minute it was done and he had produced ten thousand francs on paper in english money as he told me four hundred pounds this seemed to be a large loan i asked how he proposed to pay it back he kindly reminded me that he was a newspaper proprietor and as such possessed of the means of inspiring confidence in persons with money to spare they could afford it seems to give him three months in which to arrange for repayment in that time as he thought the profits of the new journal might come pouring in he knew best of course we took the next train to paris and turned out a bit of paper into notes and gold never was there such a delightful companion as my husband when he has got money in his pocket after so much sorrow and anxiety for weeks past that memorable afternoon was like a glimpse of paradise on the next morning there was an end to my short-lived enjoyment of no more than the latter half of a day watching her opportunity fanny mayer came to me when i was alone carrying a thick letter in her hand she held it before me with the address uppermost please to look at that she said the letter was directed in harry's handwriting to mr vimpany at a publishing office in london fanny next turned the envelope the other way look at this side she resumed the envelope was specially protected by a seal bearing a device of my husband's own invention that is to say the initials of his name harry norland surrounded by a star his lucky star as he paid me the compliment of calling it on the day when he married me i was thinking of that day now fanny saw me looking with a sad heart at the impression on the wax she completely misinterpreted the direction taken by my thoughts tell me to do it my lady she proceeded and i'll open the letter i looked at her she showed no confusion i concealed it up again she coolly explained with a bit of fresh wax and my thimble perhaps mr vimpany won't be sober enough to notice it do you know fanny that you are making a dishonourable proposal to me i said i know there is nothing i can do to help you that i won't do she answered and you know why i have made a dishonourable proposal have i that comes quite naturally to a lost woman like me shall i tell you what honour means it means sticking at nothing in your service please tell me to open the letter how did you come by the letter fanny my master gave it to me to put in the post then post it the strange creature so full of contraries so sensitive at one time so impenetrable at another pointed again to the address when the master writes to that man she went on a long letter if you will notice and a sealed letter your ladyship ought to see what is inside it i haven't a doubt myself that there is writing under the seal which bodes trouble to you the spare bedroom is empty do you want to have the doctor for your visitor again don't tell me to post the letter till i have opened it first i do tell you to post the letter fanny submitted so far but she had a new form of persuasion to try before her reserves of resistance were exhausted, if the doctor comes back, she continued, will your ladyship give me leave to go out whenever I ask for it? This was surely presuming on my indulgence. Are you not expecting a little too much? I suggested not unkindly. If you say that, my lady, she answered i shall be obliged to ask you to suit yourself with another maid there was a tone of dictation in this which i found beyond endurance in my anger i said leave me whenever you like i shall leave you when i'm dead not before was the reply that i received but if you won't let me have my liberty without going away from you for a time i must go for your sake for my sake pray observe that she went on try to see it my lady as i do if we have the doctor with us again i must be able to watch him why because he is your enemy as i believe how can he hurt me fanny through your husband my lady if he can do it in no other way mr vimpany shall have a spy at his heels dishonourable oh dishonourable again never mind i don't pretend to know what that villain means to do if he and my lord get together again but this i can tell you if it's in woman's wit to circumvent him here i am with my mind made up with my mind made up she repeated fiercely and recovered on a sudden a customary character as a quiet well-trained servant devoted to her duties i'll take my master's letter to the post now she said is there anything your ladyship wants in the town what do you think of fanny mare ought i to have treated this last offer of her services as i treated her proposal to open the letter i was not able to do it the truth is i was so touched by her devotion to me that i could not prevail on myself to mortify her by a refusal i believe there may be a good reason for the distrust of the doctor which possesses her so strongly and i feel the importance of having this faithful and determined woman for an ally let me hope that mr vimpany's return if it is to take place May be delayed until you can safely write with your own hand such a letter of wise advice as I sadly need in the meantime, give my love to Hugh and say to this dear friend all that I might have said for myself if I had been near him, but take care that his recovery is not retarded by anxiety for me. Pray, keep him in ignorance of the doubts and fears with which i am now looking at the future if i was not so fond of my husband i should be easier in my mind this sounds contradictory but i believe you will understand it for a while my dear good-bye End of chapter thirty five